Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. Now the point that I want to drive home this morning is this. That if Jesus required the indwelling presence and power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what the Father had for him, how much more do we need his presence and power to just walk with Christ, much less fulfill his purposes within us? How much more? Throughout the gospel, we see the Spirit prompting Jesus to go to this region or to read that passage or to preach this message or to heal that person or to train these disciples. Do you realize Jesus did not pick the disciples based on his flesh? He prayed all night before he, before he selected them. It was the Spirit who was driving him and bringing him into the presence of those whom God wanted him to select. Jesus did nothing of his own accord but only what he saw the Father doing and what the Spirit moved upon him to do. Thank God the same Spirit that led Jesus in his life and ministry lives within each of us who follow Jesus, and his power is available to drive our life and ministry as well. Now that concept I'm talking about there is called being filled with the Spirit being filled with the Spirit. The Apostle Paul writes about the believer being filled with the Spirit in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. Listen to what Paul said. He says, Do not be drunk with wine, which will ruin your life, but be filled with the Spirit. Why the... (laughs) Why the introduction of drunkenness on alcohol before the encouragement to be filled with the Spirit? Well, because there is a comparison somewhat. You know, when you get drunk, I'm not going to ask how many of you have ever been drunk, okay? But those of you who have, you kind of know, or at least those around you know, that you're not quite yourself. You're under the influence Alcohol is doing something. It's either bringing the rage out or it's bringing out the funny guy or it's bringing out the, the lazy person who sleeps. I mean, it, it impacts people always different. But, but the bottom line is that when you take on too much alcohol, you come under the influence and it becomes the driving force rather than your own good conscience. You understand what I'm saying? And there's much... It's much the same when we live a life filled with the Spirit. When we allow the Spirit to fill us, then it is the Spirit who is prompting, it is the Spirit who is moving, it is the Spirit who is empowering, it is the Spirit who is encouraging, and not the flesh. Let me give you truth point number four. Being filled with the Spirit, this is important for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about. Being filled with the Spirit isn't about getting more of the Spirit inside of you. It's about giving more of yourself to Him. If you want to know how to be filled with the Spirit, it's not about coming down to the altar and begging for Him to overtake you. It's not about reading more Scripture or giving more money 
or sitting in a certain position or, or, or fasting a certain number of days. That's really not what it's about because here's the bottom line, folks. Listen to me carefully. If you are born again today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have all of the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. You have him 100% in you. So it's not about getting more of him. It's about him getting more of you. He may be in there, but he's a gentleman. He doesn't force you. In fact, he allows you to make decisions. We'll talk more about those decisions in a minute. But as you surrender more of yourself to him, you find his promptings and his moving and his control becoming more and more of who and what you're all about. Now let me tell you what Galatians has to say about being filled with the Spirit and when you give yourself to the Spirit, what he's going to do. He is going to work in the depths of your innermost being to begin rooting out things like sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That all came right out of the Bible. Those are the things he's going to begin to root out of your life. He's going to begin to take those things and move them out. But he's going to replace them with things that are very positive. And those things are called the fruit of the Spirit. As you surrender yourself to the Spirit's control in your life, you will begin to see His fruit in full bloom. Things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do you notice a big difference between the two lists? One is called the works of the flesh. It's what the flesh defaults toward. The other is called the fruit of the Spirit. It's where the Spirit lives. So if I'm living, you know how I can tell if I'm walking in the flesh or walking in the Spirit? All I have to do is look at the works that are going on in my life. Am I living in that negative list? then most likely my flesh is in control. Am I experiencing that positive list? That's because the Spirit of God is working and bringing His power to bear to change my outlook. Perhaps you ask, is this something, Pastor, that the Spirit of God does all by Himself? Or is there anything required of me? Yes, there is something required of you. That brings us to truth point number five. The Holy Spirit's work of transformation in your life is fueled by our obedience to truth, which is revealed in God's Word, and to the promptings of the Spirit in our soul. Is there anything required of me? Yes. 
Obedience. Surrender. To walk in obedience is to walk in submission to the Spirit and thus to be filled with the Spirit. To choose any other path for the Christian then is to grieve or to quench the Spirit. Grieving the Spirit is when we choose to do what God said don't do. And perhaps we find the don't do's from Scripture. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not commit adultery, okay? Those are the shalt not do's. Then there's many things in Scripture that we're exhorted that we're to stay away from, right? When we choose to go that direction, then we're grieving the Spirit. We don't lose the Spirit, but He backs off and He lets your flesh go where it's going to go. And it's not just what He reveals in the Scripture. Many times the Spirit just prompts us from within. I don't know how to exactly explain that. But if you've ever felt that before, you, you know something about it where, where you, just, you just know that you know that, that the Spirit is saying, stand up and say something. Keep your mouth shut. Go over there and do this. Give this offering. Volunteer for that thing. When we do what God says don't do, we grieve the Spirit. When we choose not to do what God says do, then we quench the Spirit. Either way, it's sin, but it's all in how you're looking at it. Either I am choosing to violate God's will, I'm grieving the Spirit, or I'm choosing to not follow His promptings, and it's like pouring water on a fire. I'm quenching the Spirit. A life lived in step with the Spirit requires us to turn our backs on the works of the flesh, embracing the truths of the Word and the promptings of the Spirit. This then is a position of submission, wherein we give ourselves to His control rather than the driving of our lives according to the flesh. Let me say this before I transition. As I said at the beginning, everyone... Every one of you, let me make it personal, every single last one of you, including me, are driven by something or someone. At all times, it's always true. As a Christian, we can break it down to this. I'm either being driven by my flesh or I'm being driven by God's Spirit. And it's learning to pay attention to that, learning to be sensitive to that reality. Many of us didn't even know that there was such a thing. But now that we're being confronted with it, one of the first steps we would take is just to seek to be sensitive to what the Spirit may be saying to us through His Word, through the Word of God, or just through His promptings. What we find is that Jesus in His flesh lived in constant surrender to the Spirit. Therefore, he enjoyed every resource needed to fulfill every part of God's will for his life. Jesus surrendered to the driving force of the Spirit in his flesh. As we continue, we find that the will of the Father for Jesus 
was that he give his body and his blood as the once-for-all sacrifice for sin. Listen to me carefully. I can assure you that giving the body and the blood for anything was something that the flesh would rather not do. That's why we find Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, Father, if it is your will, remove this cup from me. What is he asking? Spare me from the cross. Spare me from taking the world's sin upon me. Even Jesus' flesh did not relish the idea. But nevertheless, he said, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus neither grieved nor quenched the Spirit, but found power by the Spirit to endure in his flesh what otherwise could not be endured. And we know that he went to the cross And we know that he received the sin of the world into his body. And in his body, he absorbed the full wrath of God for that sin. And through the sacrifice of his body and the shedding of his blood, Jesus paid sin's price in full and built a bridge between sinful man and righteous God that allows sinners to come to God and be made right with him. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.